Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode two of the newly named Box Score Bros. We decided to get away from the generic podcast bros name. And so now that we got the new name, Box Score Bros, here we are for episode two. And, you know, what a crazy day it's been. Crazy Friday, you know, Valentine's Day weekend. But there's not much love in Houston right now as the probably the face of the Houston Texans franchise for the past decade, J.J. Watt, requested a release from the team. And he got his wish. He got released. So now he's a free agent. It's fair game for anybody. And got my buddy Danny with me today. Danny, what do you think of that J.J. Watt situation? breaking news wow man i'm stunned i I can't believe that after a a a really good pro bowl type season um finally stayed healthy they he turns around and gets released just like that i feel like they could have got you know third fourth round pick for him um he's only got one or two years uh remaining on his big deal he should he should have been traded i don't understand what they're doing down in Houston, but they started this last year when they traded um, DeAndre Hopkins, you know, for David Johnson. I mean, that, that made that made the deal made no sense, and it's just it's been a free fall ever since then. Yeah, it's it's a definitely a a crazy scenario. It seems like every day out down there in Houston, there's a new uh, thing coming out where another player is disgruntled or just every day there's something new and it seems like just a never-ending train of disgruntled players and unhappy people in the organization why you know like i said face of the franchise just looking at his stats three-time ap defensive player of the year five-time pro bowler five-time all pro this man carried the franchise up until you know deshaun watson and DeAndre Hopkins came in and, you know, like you, like you are stunned. I'm just as stunned because 2021, 22 season is going to be weird seeing why in a new uniform, maybe just maybe we'll see him uh, pair up with his brother, TJ in Pittsburgh. That'd be crazy. That's to a see. rumor. That'd yeah. be crazy to see. I know I've heard a lot of Tampa rumors that he would take a pay cut because everybody knows JJ wants a ring. He's there's yeah. no secret. He's getting pretty old. He's getting up there. But the team of- nobody's talking about is the Packers. I think him going back home, uh, I think he fits scheme wise perfect. And I think it'd make uh, Aaron Rodgers completely happy. You know, <laughs> well, when is Aaron Rodgers ever feel fully happy? <laughs> well, they got they got the Packers. They got to fix that defense. It's I mean, the offense is 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 great. I mean, as long as they have 12, you know, um they'll be fine it's uh you know you do make a good point though because as most most of you know jj watt went to wisconsin for college so it would be somewhat of a homecoming for him and it seems like as we've seen the last couple years with the packers they've they've, they got to the nfc championship game both years and then just fell apart couldn't pull it off they can't stop the run and what how you know what better way to fix it than getting one of the top defensive linemen in in football even if it is just for one or two more years that instantly fixes your run defense and that's their number one problem right now is you could have you can insert any running back with a halfway defense off uh, uh, offensive line and you're going to rush for 100 150 yards a game against green bay so yeah, I mean, well, I don't. That, that's a that's a quick, easy fix for them. If I'm on the phone, if I if I'm his agent, I'm on the phone with Green Bay. You'd probably be able to get the most money too, because they are desperate. And I know that's kind of out of character normally for them, but I feel like you know recently they have been spending some money uh, in free agency, and they need to fix that run defense. So. You know, it's a, well, we can't forget about that secondary. You know, Kevin King let Scotty Miller get right behind him <laughs> in the AFC, NFC Championship game, but. Yes. Yeah. If that's the that case, bad. it's going to be cur- – I'm curious to see if the J.J. will take a pay cut, if the Packers can handle it, because the Packers are notorious for being cheap with their money. And yeah. there's there's already rumors about Aaron Jones and his contract talks setting into the offseason. Will they yeah. keep him? Will they not? I mean, they do have A.J. Dillon. They do have Jamal Williams, but – Neither one of them to this point has proven to be Aaron Jones. So, yeah, that's going to be an interesting take. And 
coming back to the Tampa thing, I think I you know I'm just this is hypothetical, but what if a bidding war ensues between Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady? Like, what if they're yeah. both in JJ's ear? Uh, who do you think JJ is going to pick? I mean, it's pretty obvious if he wants a ring, he's going to want to go play with Brady. TB12, but you never know what that. these guys are thinking. Maybe he wants to do it the hard way and go to Green Bay. So, and you know. he might have had something there with uh, Pittsburgh also. I mean, he, his, both his brothers are still there. Yeah. So. But the quarterback situation isn't as nice in Pittsburgh. We saw that, that's true. The tail end of the year, Ben Roethlisberger was really rough. I mean, he's got he wins all over the place. So, oh yeah, he needs to follow Eli and Philip and just hang them up. <laughs> but in the future, when we talk about draft talk, you know, it's going to be interesting to, to see what the Steelers are going to want to do because there's plenty of quarterbacks. So, well, that's for another day. I uh, think you know we need to talk about what's going on with the Texans a little bit. Obviously, now that Watts out, what happens with Deshaun Watson? That was yeah. honestly that was the bigger story heading in. I don't even think anybody saw that happening with Watt. So, in your Not opinion, what is the reason? What are the reasons why Watson wants out so bad? Well, I, be, I believe it starts with the the president and the front office. Um, at the end of the day, it seems like the Houston Texans are trying to become the New England Patriots, and we've seen that over the years that that doesn't work. Um, they had Bill O'Brien and he obviously destroyed that franchise and finished it off last year. And then you turn around and then you, he, Deshaun Watson clearly makes it known that he wants some input in this coach, this coaching hire, and they don't even give him a call. So, and what do they do? They turn around and they hire Nick Caseri from the new England Patriots. So to me, I don't know, I'm no owner or, you know, president of any NFL team, but if my 24, 25 year old star quarterback, you know, just wants to be, you know, have some say and, and be happy with, you know, the head coach that he has to work with every day, I think I would go with him and get somewhat of an input and, and see where his head's at and maybe just give the guys that he's asking for an interview. They didn't even do that at, at, at one point in time. So I think that's the main reason, and he he's it's just his time is up there. That being said, if I'm Nick Casari, I don't trade him at all. I I go, I mean, you trade him, you're still gonna win three, four games anyway. So even if he's disgruntled, you make him play, you still deal with it. Then uh, at least he's on the field for you because Nick Casari cannot come in in his first off season and you cut the you just release cut. That's it. Bye, JJ Watt. And then that's your first move. And your second move is trade your franchise quarterback. I don't know what GM in the right mind would do those two things, uh, but he would be on the hot seat the following year. Literally would be, I mean, he would have one year to fix it and the whole town would turn on him. Well, and as a GM, that's not the right mindset to come into it. You know, it's really doesn't help you at all. All right. I agree. I, you know, it's weird how Bill O'Brien tore this team apart. And, I, you know, those rumors about O'Brien was hard to deal with. And these guys somewhat stuck it out. And now, I guess maybe they had such a bad experience with O'Brien, they really wanted the input. And like you said, they didn't even go to Watson or anybody to bring in David Coley. And if from what I've seen from the Ravens passing game, because Coley was the Ravens passing game coordinator and wide receivers coach for at least last season, if I've if I'm Watson seeing that Ravens passing offense the past couple of years, like I don't know if I'd want a piece of that either, to be honest with you. So there's just there's red flags everywhere. Like seeing the president of the Texans, Jamie Roots, who's been there since their inception, he resigned amid the rumors of the the hiring of Casario and now Coley and I you know I'm I'm not too big on the the older head coaches so it's interesting yeah. to see them hire Coley who's 65 years old so yeah. really how how long of a of a timeline are we talking here for him as the head coach do you say does can he really make it 10 years with Watson who's probably got another 10 years in the league so there's just so, so many issues with the Texans. I feel bad for their fans right now. 
they had, they were building up something special out there with Watson and Hopkins and Watt, and they went to the playoffs two years ago, beat the Bills, and then they took a tough loss. They were up three touchdowns on the Chiefs in Kansas City. Yeah, and then ever since that blow up of that game, everything has just gone downhill for the Texans. So, yeah. With that being uh, said. Uh, let's segue into the quarterbacks that are the center of the offseason rumors right now, and maybe we can get some predictions on where these guys will end up. We'll start with the man of the hour, Deshaun Watson. Where do you think he'll yeah. end up? I don't think he gets traded, but if I had to pick one, because um, I want to play along here, I think the, there's only two teams that have the firepower to pull off the type of compensation that it would take to get a quarterback at his level and that's the jets and the dolphins and the problem though is when you look at his contract he has a no trade clause which is very rare in the nfl i don't know many too many players that have a no trade clause in the nfl you know it's not like the nba so at the end of the day i think he go ends up going to miami because the miami dolphins i think internally and i think a lot of people for honest with ourselves we all seen that two is not it. I mean, you take that what it is. Uh, Tua was coddled in Alabama, and that's the problem with dissecting these quarterbacks that come out of Ohio State and Alabama particularly because those two schools, obviously, they, they get the pick of the litter. They get all the top players. I mean, you just got to be a halfway decent quarterback. And, I mean, they got skill position players that – you know, look, for example, last year, I mean, two as receivers, Jerry, Judy, Waddle, all those guys. Henry <laughs> Ruggs, yep. You know, all the, all these guys he's throwing to over his career, you know. And then Smith was a freshman, you know, when he caught the touchdown pass against Georgia, the game-winning in the national championship game. And then we seen what he did, you know, this past year. I mean, that's another just receiver after receiver, running back after running back. And then these guys come in the NFL and it's like, well, you know, you're not out Alabama anymore playing Georgia Southern. It doesn't work that way. Everybody's good in the NFL. So at the end of the day, I, I think it's going to be Miami. And I was diving into some numbers on the Dolphins and their defense was ranked overall fifth in the NFL. Their offense is what really held them back. And they won 10 games or 10 and six. And if you just add Sean Watson to that offense, I mean, I don't see why they couldn't be in the AFC title game this, this year. I don't see why they couldn't beat the bills. You know, I don't see, I don't see why they couldn't uh, be any of those teams except, except Kansas city, obviously um, they're the cream of the crop up there, but the Sean Watson in Miami would, I mean, that, that would be a gutsy move to give up on, you know, Tua right away. But if I'm, if I'm the owner, and that offers on the table where I can get rid of Tua and a couple picks to get Watson as my leader. I mean, he's 20, what, what are you, 24, 25 years old. I mean, you're still going to have him in the next 10 years, you know, and he's always, he's a lot healthier than Tua is right now. So I would, if I had to play this, play along with this, I would, I would say Miami because they have the firepower and it seems like he's willing to go through with the trade to the Dolphins. I don't, from all the things I've read and seen, I don't think he wants to go to the Jets. And quite frankly, I don't blame him. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's interesting. That's pretty funny because Watson, I think I read when this, this whole saga started with Watson, there was things around the social media that the Jets were his preferred destination. I don't believe that for a second. I can't yeah. remember the source that put that out on Twitter, but I don't remember yeah. that being dependable. Um, I do agree. He with must Watson. have been a Jets fan. <laughs> it was probably an Adam Gase burner profile. Yeah, exactly. With the uh, eyes. <laughs> I'm seeing ghosts. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, now, while I do agree with how that would be a, a good setup for Watson and that offense and the weapons and, the, of course, the, the improving defense, I don't think he's going to go there. And I got, I'm on a little bit of a hot take roll tonight, and this is the first one. Hot take. I like it. <laughs> My prediction, if I'm going to play this game, for Deshaun Watson, he's going to end up with the San Francisco 49ers. Yes, sir. Okay. I said it. I said it. They may not have as many 
I was gonna say, what's the package? We got it. We got you. Got to You got to throw the package out there though, because okay. you're not gonna trade Jimmy Garoppolo for Deshaun Watson. Well, you know, it's not fantasy. <laughs> well, the Texans are really good at trading away their best guys for throw-in. So <laughs> this is true. They did it last year. You're more right. More than likely, Garoppolo will be a throw-in <laughs> with a couple of picks. <laughs> Uh, maybe another running back, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. One of their eight running backs they have Jeff yeah. Wilson or McKinnon and then a couple, maybe their first round pick for this year and next year. Um, yeah. But I think this, when you said with the dolphins, with the setup, him being there would be perfect. Yeah. I think it'd be just as perfect with the 49ers. Yeah. I think. Oh, there's no, there's no doubt. I agree with you with the fit. Uh, I was just going by the compensation um also tied in with where he would want to go. But yes, the, if he if he can go to San Francisco, that they they're definitely, I mean, they're a Super Bowl contender right right off the bat. Obviously they're a really good team. And I, I have all the respect in the world for that offensive mind over there. Uh what he did with Garoppolo, uh, you know, it's it's just it was phenomenal. I mean he and he did the same thing with Matt Ryan the, the year they went to the Super Bowl in Atlanta. So right. I just I mean I know Watson and Hopkins were quite a pair to see. And then even this year before Will Fuller got suspended, Watson and Fuller were quite a pair. But just imagine Deshaun Watson throwing to George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, uh, hopefully healthy, healthy Debo Samuel. I yeah. know. I mean, you you make that. I mean, that's a perfect point. Like I said, and Kyle Shanahan as a play caller, that's, that's a phenomenal one-two punch. There's no doubt about it. I, I just I brought up the compensation part of it because I I just don't see many teams that have that firepower to because Matthew Stafford got two first round picks. Right. Matthew Stafford's not half the quarterback Deshaun Watson is. Hey, so he's got a cannon still. <laughs> what does what is it going to take three four first round picks to get Deshaun Watson? Because if I'm the GM and I'm and I have to, if the president if the owner comes to me and says you have to make this trade I can't deal with this. You know, Deshaun Watson getting angry, doing the media. I can't, they can't deal with this anymore. Okay, so what is my asking price? And right. it's gonna be, it's gonna be at least three first round picks. And then I'm gonna need a second and a, you know, and a third and maybe even a player. I, I agree. I mean, I think we're in an era now where teams are almost selling out to win a championship. We saw it with the Raptors with Kawhi Leonard. I mean, they only True. got one year of them, but they got what they wanted, they got a title. Um, I think the 49ers, I think John Lynch, he's, you know, he's a become an awesome guy to deal with in terms of making the right moves for his team and personnel and Shanahan's probably work working hand in hand with them. But I think they could cook up a package, maybe like you said, two, three first round picks and probably a throw in. I'm going to say Jimmy Garoppolo again, but I mean, what what hope do the Texans have if they trade in Watson anyways? You're not worried about a quarterback. You're worried about rebuilding the whole thing from top to bottom. So, yeah, I think I don't I mean, it probably won't happen. But if I were to guess, I think the 49ers could pull that together. And if they do, Tom Brady and them Bucks better watch out because (laughs) when the 49ers get Bosa and Solomon Thomas and them guys back on defense next year, that's a good team. Um Oh, that's a hell of a team. And I'm telling you, if it happens, I mean, that's, it's the perfect fit. What you're, where your head's at and what you're thinking about is it's the perfect fit. There's no doubt about it. So I agree with you on, on the fit. It's just the compensation part. So, yeah, we'll see. So, uh, oh, you go ahead. Oh, I was going to, I was going to say, um, so we could jump into some of these other quarterbacks. So there, there's rumors with uh, Carson Wentz. Oh, Ooh, do you want another big hot take right there? Because yeah, I, I got one. I got one. I got one in the holster. All right, hear me out. We all, all right. know Carson Wentz was was a head case this year with Philly. Doug Peterson really jacked him up. Uh, yeah. He didn't help him with having no O line. All the weapons were old and hurt. Yeah. So, with that being said. My team prediction for this game for Carson Wentz is the Miami Drum roll, Dolphins. Drum please. Oh, wow. Yes. Think <laughs> about it. Miami Dolphins. Think about it. Watts, I, you know, I think Wentz is just as talented as Deshaun Watson. And mm-hmm. Wentz's price is lower oh. than Watson, if you think about it. If the, if the Dolphins don't want to sell the farm for a quarterback, you know, to speed up the process of that offense, I think 
as Carson Wentz. I mean, maybe instead of two or three first round picks, we're talking one and then a couple of later round picks for this guy. I mean, he was he was going to win MVP the year they went and won the Super Bowl. And then, of course, Nick Foles came in and carried them home. But mm-hmm. I'm just saying, man, it could happen. He could be down there in South Beach chilling. What do you think about Wentz? Um, I, I don't think I don't think there'd be a single Dolphins fan walking the earth if they traded Tua, gave up on Tua for Carson Wentz. It's one thing to give up on Tua for Deshaun Watson. I and listen, this is this is coming from a Giants fan. I have all the respect in the world for for Wentz. I think he got a raw deal with Doug Peterson last year. Um, Doug Peterson doesn't like to run the football for some god awful reason. Uh, they had no, they had no good. Um, the the offensive line was terrible at pass blocking. They had no good receivers. Uh, Miles Sanders played really well. Um, they didn't like, they didn't like running the ball. So at the end of the day, I, I do think Wentz has something left in the tank. Um, and to me, I think the perfect fit is the Colts. And the reason why is Frank Wright is the reason Carson Wentz had that MVP type season back in 2018 before he tore his ACL in that Rams game. Um, They, he, he was, a lot of people don't understand that it's not just one, just because you have a head coach, the coaching staff matters. And Frank Wright seems to get the best out of all of his quarterbacks, no matter where he's at. Um, And when he was with Philadelphia, he was the key reason to that quarterback room. If you go back and you read some articles, what Nick Foles said and Wentz has has raved about him. And then what he, he revived Philip Rivers' career last year. Philip Rivers, you know, when he was with the Chargers, he looked like it was just time to go, you know, time to hang him up. And then he goes to Indianapolis last year and he, he has a has a great season for his age. And then whoa, 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 now he retires. Weren't you just saying though that Rivers needed to hang it up? Oh, well, he he did, didn't he? <laughs> but still, I mean, he went. He had twenty one. What he had twenty one touchdowns last year. I mean, Frank Wright gets the best out of his quarterbacks. He's a, he's a great play caller, and he he realizes when his quarterbacks are struggling to run the football. I mean, he's a he's a very underrated coach, and I think some of it has to do with him being in Indianapolis. They don't get the attention, you know. Now that since Peyton Manning and Tony Dungy have been, all been gone, obviously. Uh, no Andrew Luck. I don't. I don't know why Frank Reich doesn't. He doesn't get the love and the credit that he deserves since he's taken over in Indianapolis. But it's been a quick turnaround, and he's had to deal with a lot with Andrew Luck retiring out of nowhere, and then you know a quarterback carousel pretty much. So I think if from what I've been reading, I think if he goes to Indianapolis, I think that's the perfect fit, and it'll revive his career. I mean, and I don't even think that it would get, I mean, from what I understand is they're, they're offering uh, two number twos and a fourth round pick. So that's, that's, that's a really good haul for Carson Wentz, especially if the Eagles are willing to just give up on him for Jalen Hurts of all people. As a Giants fan, I'm extremely excited that Jalen Hurts is going to be the quarterback next year. I'll just Come tell you on, that right man. now. How are you going to hate on old Jalen, man? That guy is going to be a boss for the next at least right, five well, to seven years. But – Hey, good luck. Before we, uh, you know what? I'm glad I'm not. Uh, I'm glad as Eagles fans, you know, good luck. I think you like, I like your hire at head coach, but there's a lot of work to do. Um, but I just, I, I don't, I think you're underselling Wentz's upside a little bit. He's only 28 years old, and I feel like a lot of people are giving up on him. You, you don't think he's almost equally to Watson in terms of upside? Yeah. No. Oh. No, I don't. I don't. I, I think, I think Watson is a phenomenal quarterback. I think Wentz can be a really good quarterback. You know, just saying, man, he was going to win MVP that year. I think we're all giving up on old Carson a little too quick, but I do like, I do like that fit with the Colts. I, I understand your points about Frank Reich. You know, it's a good mix. Good. They have good rapport. So I'd be, I'd be happy with that if he went to the Colts just because I could see him coming back onto the scene, reviving his career. And next thing you know, the Colts are in the Super Bowl against the Bucks next year. <laughs> You're automatically throwing them Bucks in there, huh? <laughs> hey, man, they got to, until somebody proves me wrong, I got Brady getting his eighth next year. All right. <laughs> I'll write that down here. <laughs> Keep that in there for my uh, yeah, predictions. Will. 
So the next quarterback I would like to talk about is, you know, uh, where do we even start with this man? Mitchell Trubisky, man of the hour in Chicago. I want to hear your take on where this much maligned quarterback will end up, if anywhere, if he, if he even ends up on a team this year. I mean, honestly, he's a career backup at this point. I, I think once the Bears uh, – I honestly believe the Bears will be making a, a move relatively soon within the next week or two um it's definitely going to happen before the draft and i think the smart play for the chicago bears is if they can't obviously go out and get uh watson or any of the bigger name quarterbacks obviously i think they need to go take a look at sam darnold because i think not i'm not in love with sam darnold but i think there is some potential there to where you can get you know an average starting quarterback at least and if they can fix that defense up you know, what it was a couple of years ago, the Bears could have a nice little team there. Um, at the end of the day, though, uh, Mitchell Trubisky, he's uh, he's a career backup, if that. At, at the end of the day, there's there's not a place for him on any NFL roster, to be honest with you. He's terrible. He can't read a defense. Um, they were running high school plays for him. He still was turning the ball over at a high rate. At the end of the day, it was just an overall disgrace what the Chicago Bears did, the front office, that draft, and that owner has got to be kicking themselves. You Not only did you pass on Mahomes and Watson, it's but you, you gave up an extra draft pick to, to draft this guy. So, to me, it should be – I mean, they, they should have cleaned house last year, but they didn't, and they're still keeping them around. So, good luck. But at the end of the day, Mitchell Trubisky, he won't he won't be on the team. He shouldn't. I mean, I, I don't want him. <laughs> if anything, he'll be a career backup, you know, maybe maybe a backup somewhere and, you know, have him lost in Detroit or something. Him and Goff can all battle it out, I guess. Oh, that'd be <laughs> a heck of a quarterback competition. Uh, oh, yeah. He made very good points about Trubisky and the Bears with – the Bears should have kind of seen this coming. I mean – I believe he only made 13 starts in college. So, I mean, it's not really a a thing that most teams need to focus on. You know, it's not, oh, they made 10 starts, but he only made 13 starts. Like, he didn't have enough experience. I don't know what they were thinking about trading up. And like you said, passing on Mahomes and Watson, two generational talents. It's baffling to see that they did that. And it's, and also the most frustrating part for Bears fans is they, like you said, they have a good def- They have a good pieces. They got David Montgomery at running back. They got Allen Robinson out at receiver. Devin Mooney made some good strides this year. So, and I think even Cole Komet showed up at tight end a little bit. So it's, it's rough for a lot of these teams right now sitting at the, where they are, but for Trubisky, uh, if I had to make a prediction, maybe he'll go somewhere back up in Arizona, maybe. Kyler Murray, you know, he tends to miss a game here and there, get knocked out. So yeah. it could be a backup that's, there. And that's another high school playbook. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> one, you know, one read, throw it. One read, throw it. And that's what the Bears were doing. They were breaking down, you know, a quarter of the field for him. Just so it's a high-low read. And he still couldn't even hit him. It, it was embarrassing. Um, at the end of the day, they – they, they need to find a quarterback. And if they can't get Watson, uh, I would definitely take a chance on Donald because um, from all the stuff that I've been reading, the Jets are going to move on from him. And I think there he can be a serviceable quarterback in, in the NFL. I mean, to me, it's an upgrade over Trubisky. Right. I'm not even a big Sam Donald fan, but I, I'd take him over Trubisky any day. Trubisky's not an NFL quarterback. I don't know what the GM seen. I don't I don't know what any any of the scouts have seen, but I hope those scouts aren't drafting this year for the Bears. So. Hey, <laughs> he might have good he might have been a good practice player. We'll never know. But uh, uh yeah, yeah, practice hero. You gotta love those guys. <laughs> Speaking of Sam Darnold, uh so your prediction for him is the Bears is where I'm getting to with him. Yeah, yeah. I kind of jumped the gun with that, but yeah, that's because I just happened so happened to have him taking over for Trubisky. I think that'd be a nice, nice fit. Uh like you said, they got the weapons. Um, I think he can be a serviceable quarterback. You, you put him together with that defense, and I, th- I think they can make some noise. Yeah, so for my prediction for Darnold, and this one's not as much as a hot take as uh, Watson and Wentz, but 
hear me out on this one. I know it's going to sound a little bit crazy, but I think the team that should maybe keep an eye on picking them up is the Washington football team. Obviously, we saw this year they had one of the better defensive units. Um, they pretty much carried the, the team most of the year because Dwayne Haskins just doesn't care about football. So, uh, yeah, to keep there's no doubt that front four is pretty good, really good. So, and yeah, and so Haskins kept up with his uh, the line of Ohio State QBs coming out and struggling. Although, I think Justin Fields will be better, but that's for another day. But yeah. I think Washington football team, you know, like you said, Darnold is serviceable, and Washington could very well draft a QB at number 19 or maybe try to move up. That's a possibility. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, instead of putting all your chips in on a rookie, Darnold could be that good, you know, not somewhat veteran presence because he's been in the league now a couple years until they're ready to maybe start whatever rookie they get if they draft one in the first round. That's that's just my idea, you know. I mean, I think with Darnold and that defense, they could win 10, 11, 10 games because yeah. that's not the toughest division, as we saw. I think it's – All right, take it easy. Take it easy. You don't, you don't need to bully me on the podcast. I, you know, I was going to reference to the Cowboys and the Eagles. You know, the Giants at least showed a little bit of fight. So, oh, okay. All right. But that whole yeah, – well, unlike unlike Trubisky, I do – like I said, I do think Darnold has a place in the NFL. Um, so, yeah, I, I could see that fit. Um, they got some playmakers in, in, with the Washington football team, which I still can't get over that stupid name, but hopefully they get a, a real name here shortly. But yeah, I, I could see that fit. They got some nice weapons. So, and at the end of the day, that defense is really going to carry them because that front four, I mean, uh, Chase Young is a man. I'm just going to say that right now. That guy is, he's a freak. Yeah. And that, like you said, with the weapons, they got Antonio Gibson, they got scary Terry McLaurin. So they got some guys. I could see it working out, but that might be too easy for Washington. They might go the hard route and do something like the Bears did. So prayers up for Washington. Hopefully they don't do that. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> that's uh, enough NFL talk for the day. Let's let's jump into, you know. Well, but before we before we jump ship here, I got a little hot take for myself. Oh, oh, oh. hot take. Yeah. I want everybody to listen very clear when I say this. I forgot to mention this in our little warm ups here. Trevor Lawrence is phenomenal. I watched his pro day today. It was 10 o'clock this morning. Overrated. Uh, no. He will be – he is the greatest, the greatest pro prospect ever in the history of the NFL, Trevor Lawrence. I'm not saying he's the greatest quarterback ever, obviously. <clears throat> Those are some big shoes to fill. Trevor Lawrence is the greatest pro prospect scouting him, breaking down his tape, his mechanics and everything. In the, in the history of the NFL, that's better than John Elway. That's better than Andrew Luck and you, Peyton Manning. You, I mean, you can go on and on and on. That guy is phenomenal. He can make all the throws, and it's a damn shame that he's going to rot in Jacksonville. But we can jump onto the NBA now. Hey, you know, Ur- <laughs> <laughs> you can't. No, you can't leave me on a cliffhanger like that. Urban Meyer oh, okay. is a genius. I mean, yeah, I agree. I agree. But this is the big boy leagues now. He's not going to be able to beat up on Purdue. I know, so, you know, he, he might okay. he might suffer a heart attack after a couple losses, but you know, we'll leave that for another show. Yeah. I think he's gonna come in and he's gonna get them in the right direction. Will he win a Super Bowl with them? I don't think he's gonna last long enough to win a Super Bowl, but if he can build it up and hey, listen, I agree. I I respect Urban Meyer, but it still doesn't change the fact that Jacksonville Jaguars do not deserve Trevor Lawrence, but we'll carry on. <laughs> They have great weapons. They have D.D. Westbrook, uh, D.J. Chark. James Robinson was a breakout fantasy running back. But all right, you know what? We'll, we'll carry that on. That's for, an, that's for another day. That's yeah. for another day. I just had to – I forgot that was in my notes there. I completely slipped my mind that it had to watch that pro day today. I mean, nah, nah, I don't think – I think that was planned. That was a bug to put in the plan. <laughs> I feel like we're going to be talking about Trevor Lawrence a lot this offseason. <laughs> hey, you got you got to talk about sunshine. So that's, that's all I'm saying. <laughs> sunshine. All right. Sunshine. So we're gonna start the segue now into the, the sport that's taking the center stage, and that's the NBA. And a lot of this show, not a lot of the show, but part of the show, you know, we wanted to focus on fantasy sports. So today we're gonna take a little bit of a different route with the NBA. The other day we talked about disappointing and surprise teams. 
I thought today maybe we can dive into, you know, surprising and disappointments for players on the fantasy aspect. So we'll start with the surprises and I'll go with my first surprise. And that is Zach Levine of the Chicago Bulls. Levine early on in his career, you know, was known as just a guy in the dunk contest with the Timberwolves. He was kind of overshadowed by other guys there. And, you know, the Timberwolves are notorious for being stuck in mediocrity and not knowing what they're doing. Kind of reminds me of the Texans. Um, But Levine came to the Bulls. He's started to upgrade himself in his game each year. And Levine, as of today, on the ESPN Fantasy Player Raider is number four overall right now. For his season averages, averaging 28.2 points per game. Over the last seven days, he's at 36.5 points per game. So he's – and it's just – if you look at overall stat lines, five rebounds a game, five assists, he's even averaging a steal per game. The turnovers are a little bit high on the end for fantasies at almost four with 3.9 per game. But in a points league, which is mostly what we're going to be talking about, the style of league for fantasy basketball, he is a dynamo. He and he's a steal. He was going most drafts I saw him in. He was going in the fourth, maybe even the fifth round in a 10 team league. And he's he's producing second round, almost first round value leading the Bulls. And I think that a big part of that has to do with the hiring of Billy Donovan coming in to be the head coach. A lot of people are excited about maybe marking in and Wendell Carter upping their game. But Levine's been the star of that show so far. And I don't think he's stopping anytime soon because Markinen and Carter are both out right now with pretty uh, with injuries for a good amount of time. So it's really just Levine and sometimes Kobe White when he decides to show up and play. That's a good pick. And, and the biggest surprise with that is actually he stayed healthy most, most of the season, you know, the nagging knee injuries, ankle injuries. Um, don't get too to, much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They back to when he was with Minnesota. I mean, just always seemed like there was something. The potential was always there. And I, I do think that uh, old Billy Donovan getting something out of him. Uh, but that was a great pick. Uh, I'm over here, and I, I'm just surprised. And I know maybe it shouldn't surprise many, but Sabonis. I mean, he's he's averaging 21 and 11 every night. He's a double-double machine. The guy's phenomenal. He's averaging almost 35 fantasy points a night. I mean, he's just he's just a beast down low. I mean, there's there's no other way to describe him. He's, you know, he's got the Pacers at number five seed in the East. I understand, you know, they're only, you know, 500 at 13 and 13. But I think he's just a force. He's an all he's going to be an all-star in the East almost every year. He should be anyway. He's a phenomenal player. And I just didn't see it coming. I, I didn't see that type of um, potential there. I always thought he was just going to be kind of a serv- serviceable role role player, honestly. And, and boy, has he, he developed and he's, he's a man down low. So that's, I'm going to go with Sabonis on that. That's a, that's a great pick. And same thing I saw during draft season, fantasy draft season with him, he was falling like the fifth or sixth round in a lot of the drafts I saw. So, and at just like Levine, he's been returning uh, second round value. And then some weeks when he's really hot first round value, I will say though, he is a little bit worse than Levine in the turnover department. Yeah. In a lot of games with five, six turnovers. But like I said, in a points league, that's not a huge issue because James Harden is still the top guy and yeah. he turns the ball over yeah. like eight <laughs> times a game. So I <laughs> no doubt about that. Uh, so who do you got for your disappointment so far in fantasy hoops? Well, my disappointment, I, I got Aaron Gordon. Uh, I just, I don't understand in a contract year how he's not producing more. I get it, Vucevic is, is the face of the franchise, but I don't, for all the potential of uh, trade rumors that the Warriors wanted him last year, the Knicks were in on him, the, the Wizards even asked about him. You would have thought that he's like this high-profile superstar. And, I mean, he's, he's averaging 13 points and seven rebounds. Uh, I think those numbers might even be skewed. Somebody for Orlando is probably putting this up on ESPN, but – <laughs> at the end of the day he's been he's been a very disappointing player I had in a contract year I thought he was this was going to be his breakout year I thought 
he would be obviously not the face of the franchise because uh, Vucevic is, is always going to be the man down down here. But I, I don't see why he couldn't be the second, you know, leading scorer on the team and have the Magic sitting better, you know, in a better position than where they're at right now. I mean, they're 19 and seven. They're pretty much dead last in the Eastern Conference down there with the Wizards. So uh, I'm very disappointed in that because I actually had drafted him on fantasy team. Luckily I, I got rid of him. <laughs> so yeah, but I mean, 13 and seven for somebody that had a lot of hype, you know, before last year's trade deadline and going into this year, I, I, I just don't understand that. Yeah. I like that. That's uh Gordon, obvious, some somewhat like Levine, just mostly remembered for his dunk contest performances. But yeah. um, you know, it's also disappointing for the fact that he really could have taken over as Vucevic's sidekick with Markel yeah. Fultz tearing his ACL, and and now he's out for four to six weeks because he felt like he needed to get revenge on Kyle Lowry. But that's karma <laughs> for you, baby. That will come back yeah. to get you. Gordon's career arc's been kind of interesting to see because he came in with a lot of hype. He was a lottery pick, and it's just it's never panned out for him. It's either been injuries or his lack of a, a jump shot, or he struggled with three point shooting a lot of times. So I, I can yeah. agree with that. That's been a definitely a disappointment uh, for me. My disappointment. This is a little bit of a bigger name, Devin Booker for the Phoenix Suns, and I. He's number 63 on the player radar right now for ESPN, which is terrible considering the man was going in the first round of many fantasy drafts. I can't remember one fantasy draft where he didn't go in the top 12 to 15. So to be in the 60s is, you know, I know he missed a little over a week with a hamstring issue, but you got to, you got to bring the goods, man. You're the face of the franchise. They brought in a future hall of famer to be your sidekick you got an amazing center and you're just, you're not doing it. Looking at his numbers on the season. I mean, they're still pretty good. 23.8 points per game, 4.2 assists, 3.7 rebounds. But the big anchor that's been holding him down was turnovers and he's, he's sitting at four a game. Uh, It's kind of gone down a little bit over the past week down to 3.5. So he's making a little bit of headway. Uh, his scoring and all of his counting stats have gone up recently, 26.8 points, six assists, five rebounds per game. But, man, for a guy who's getting picked in, like, 10 to 12 range and you're bringing back value sixth, seventh round, like, yeah, he's – I think I think that's just more or less – there's just too many mouths to feed with Phoenix. There, there really is. Uh, I mean, at the end of the day, he, he's starting to come along. And, of course, you know, the week I'm playing him, <laughs> in, our, in our fantasy basketball league he, i mean his last couple games here uh he's got 34 43 and 29 so he's starting to pick it back up but i think at the end of the day it, it has to do with there's just so many mouths to feed i mean like you said chris paul uh, bridges is coming along on a three and d type player um obviously Aiton, and then crowder's been having a decent year i mean not really fantasy wise but I mean, he's yeah. still taking away from some shots, whereas last year, uh, a lot of people that drafted Devin Booker, they thought they were going to get the last year Devin Booker and the previous years when it was just him and he had the green light to shoot anywhere. Uh, like I said last episode, Chris Paul comes in and gets everybody's attention. So he's not going to be able, you know, he's not going to sit there and let Devin Booker take 60 shots from half court and, you know, let him pretend like he's Trey Young. Chris Paul's on – you know, he's looking to play playoff basketball, you know, so that's, that's, hey, that could be that effect. Devin Booker I, fantasy owners don't care about that. <laughs> this is true. This is true. I, You're right. <laughs> I personally don't own Devin Booker, but yeah, I, I, you know, you make a good point. Chris Paul commands, commands the attention. So, and, but whew, it's going to be rough. We'll, we'll see what happens with Booker. Seems like he's starting to get into the right swing of things and get into a groove so oh yeah and like i said the other day the suns are they're just a good team overall so yeah like you said i could see the too many mouths the feed being a problem for him in fantasy so maybe <clears> if <throat> you're a Devin booker owner sell high on him see what you can get maybe uh, i like that i like that pick that's definitely definitely with something because like you said some some drafts haven't going in the first round so <clears throat> that's definitely a good pick and also just real quick 
if this man hadn't picked it up in the last week, my pick was going to be Pascal Siakam. But since OG Anunoby has been out, Pascal Spicy P has been coming around finally. So it's good to see that. But you better, you better watch his back because next time we do this, he might be that guy I talk about instead of Devin Booker. So I'm watching you, Pascal. You better watch out. So enough fancy basketball. We'll move into another sport now. And that is Major League Baseball. Yeah, Baseball's back, baby, right around the corner. Teams are going to start – pitchers and catchers are going to start reporting later on this – or next week, sorry. I think the earliest teams start reporting the 17th. So, hopefully we don't have to hear about the Yankees every single day or the Dodgers. So, we won't have to worry about the Dodgers. But, yes, you will have to hear about the Yankees. Uh, I'm not going to watch ESPN. Their baseball coverage is terrible. So, <laughs> with that being said, I figured... Shots fired. <laughs> hey, no, I didn't say anything bad about the Yankees. It's just, you know, it's, it's kind of oversaturation when they're talked about as much as the Cowboys. But, you know, I understand it comes with the name and the gotcha. 27 titles argument. I get it. I get it. It must be nice to be a Yankees fan. It must be nice. It is. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I feel like maybe we could talk about, you know, just throw out some awards picks, you know, see what we got, what we're feeling. You know, we're still a little over two or about two months away from opening day or month and a half. So, but I would like to, you know, the MVP award, Cy Young award for both leagues. Maybe we can get some quick predictions. All right. Well, speaking of that, and the Yankees and Cy Youngs, oh, no. we're going to go with my ace. And this is, I'm not not saying just because he's a Yankee, but it does help. Uh, I think Garrett, Garrett Cole is going to go ahead. And he's going to take Cy Young this year. Uh, he had a, he had a, a lot of the Yankee fans kind of complained about him, me a little bit myself last year. I mean, but when you really break down his numbers, I mean, it's, last year it's tough to go off of, but he was seven and three with 94 Ks and an ERA of 2.84. But when you actually watch the games, it, it, it did not seem like the Garrett Cole from Houston. So I think, you know, a year under his belt with the Yankees, you know, moving his family and all the, the human element that goes into being, you know, a professional baseball player, I think that's going to be behind him now. Year two with the Yankees, you know, he, he's a little more comfortable. He's got his routine down. He knows his coaches. I think I think he's, we're in for a, a big year. Uh, I believe he's definitely going to take the Cy Young in the AL, and I'm going to have to keep it in New York uh, oh, also okay. with the Mets. <laughs> Jacob DeGrom, I mean, do I even need to say anything? The guy, the guy, I mean, he's phenomenal and one of the worst franchises in all of baseball. So – at the end of the day, I wish we can get a hold of him as a Yankee fan. That'd be a nice little one-two punch. You're being punch. greedy now. You're being I'm greedy. being real greedy, I know. But, hey, listen, just like the Trevor Lawrence with Jacksonville, okay, Jacob DeCrom does not deserve to rot away <laughs> with the New York Mets. But, anyway, that's a, that's another t- <laughs> topic for another day. We could bash the Mets later on. Uh, we'll let them have their off-season titles with all the trades and, you know, other stuff that they're trying to accomplish. Um, but Jake, Jacob DeGrom is going to take it in the NL. I, I truly believe that. Yeah, that'd be his third award. That'd be quite an achievement. Um, those aren't bad picks, you know. I kind of like what the Mets are doing. You know, they got they got their superstar in Francisco Lindor and a good additional yeah. piece in Carrasco. Uh, for my AL side, I'm going to go in a dif- different direction. I'm going to go out there a little bit because that's just my, been my theme for the show. I'm going to go on the, the Windy City. I'm going to go Lucas Giolito for the White Sox. Uh, wow, okay. Two years ago – well, let me take it back to when he was with the Nationals and he it felt like he was the top prospect in baseball for about five years. It felt like it just every offseason, top of the 100 list, he was he was the guy. Lucas Giolito didn't really work out the Nationals and then he was a part of that trade that sent – Adam Eaton back to the Nationals and Giolito was the main piece to go back to the White Sox and two years ago in 2019 he really broke out he became that ace that everybody was expecting him to be and then last year he took his game to another level he threw the no hitter that everybody remembers probably was the highlight of the White Sox season 
he's just he's a dude man he throws upper 90s he's got a great slider great curveball the numbers are there we all know what he's gonna do i think with the white Sox offense and their bullpen they got stacking up i think he can win 20 games this year hopefully we have a full hopefully we have a full season where he can have the opportunity to win games but yeah i think it's one of the that was one of the difficult parts of breaking down some of these numbers and looking at it. it's just if especially when you base it off of just last year it was such a a sloppy crazy year you know Mm -hmm. 60 games it was rough it made me sad that we (laughs) we only had baseball for a short amount of time but yeah it's lining up pretty good for a full season this year so a giolito in the american league and the national league i'm gonna go with a little bit of a dark horse i'm gonna go with luis castillo of the cincinnati reds he's always had excellence the high potential stuff you know he was a high high rated prospect with the Marlins, and as usual, they traded him because that's what the Marlins do. Um, <laughs> went to the Reds the first year or two was tough with them, and then kind of like Giolito, he found his footing in 2019, and the stuff started started to show through. Didn't really get the wins he was trying to get with most teams because the Reds are just not a good team right now. Yeah, and then a lot of people are questioning him because in that shortened season last year in 2020 it wasn't his best year he had an era over four he his walks per nine were high but the caves per nine were there the stuff was there he just bad luck his BABIP, which is uh batting average for balls in play yeah. was really really low so or i mean really high sorry so that made me think you know bad luck played a part in his in his rough year and i think he's gonna bounce back you know Everything's on him because Trevor Bauer is not on the Reds anymore. And I think he's going to, he's going to come through. I don't know if he'll win 20 games like G Lito because the Reds aren't as good of a team as the White Sox, but yeah, if he can, but wins don't seem to be a thing anymore with the Cy Young race because Jacob deGrom had what nine wins two years ago when he won the Cy Young. Yeah, so, yeah. He didn't even have double digit wins with that Mets organization. Yep. We know it's noted. <laughs> so Castillo, I could see him pushing about 280 strikeouts and around a little, like 210, 220 innings. And I think that ERA can stay under three for the whole year. Just we'll see if the wins in that play. ballpark, that's it's going to be pretty tough. My man, he's the truth. He's got the goods. Right. He's gonna pull. Right. He's gonna pull. I like it. it. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so we'll move on to the MVP awards, and I'll start with my pick in the American League. And you're probably gonna be over the moon happy with my pick, but okay. I'm gonna go with the big G, John Carlos Stanton. He's got a lot to prove this year. He's yeah. <laughs> he's got a lot to prove. Obviously, he. Got traded to the Yankees with that huge contract still on his plate. And that first year of the Yankees was pretty solid. Uh, Wasn't like his 59 home run MVP season with the Marlins, but he did what he needed to do. Um, And then he had that injury year, injury filled year in 19. And then, yeah, I just, I liked what I saw in the playoffs in 2020. He was, he was a man on a mission. He was, he killed pitching. I mean, even though the Yankees lost the series, the Rays were terrified of him. I think he had six home runs in five games. I just think he's going to carry that momentum over where we might, we might get pretty close to what he did in 2016 when he hit 59 home runs and one MVP, especially in that small stadium. So he's my pick for MVP and and i'm not gonna hold my breath on that one but (laughs) hey you know what at this point in time we'll take anything we can get from the guy if he could just stay on the field (laughs) (laughs) telling you man he's gonna put about 150 games out there this year and your guys everything you cursed about his name the past couple years is gonna be taken back until the playoffs when he's gonna probably pull an a-rod and not show up but (laughs) oh there it is i knew the shot was coming i was just waiting (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then uh, for the National League, I am going to pick Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, no bias there, is it? You know, <laughs> none at all. No, 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 I mean, the man oozes with talent. He almost pulled off the first 40-40 season in a long yeah. time back in 2019. He missed it by three stolen bases, partially because he missed the final week of the season. I think it was a hamstring issue. 
but man, he's got he's got all the goods. Like I talked about with Giolito and Castillo, he he's he's got a lot of speed, the power, the combination. You don't really see that anymore. Uh, he needs to work on his plate discipline. He started to improve it a little bit and walked a little bit more. Got his walk rate over north of eleven percent. So he's starting getting starting to get close to the league average, but putting it together, you know. The Braves do have a good team, a lot of good pieces, but they're not the same caliber team without Acuna. Um, yeah. I think they could survive without Freddie Freeman as much as people are probably going to bash me for wow. that. Yeah, that's – I'm a big Freeman fan, though. Hey, hey everybody that's... is. MV free. Everybody loves the man. He's got a big <laughs> smile, a great heart. But I just – man, you put a guy who can hit 40 home runs and steal 40 bases and he's hitting leadoff. I mean, he, he already is – I think he's pretty close if he's not broken the record for career leadoff home runs in Braves franchise history. So, and he's only been in the league two years, two and a half years. He's only played one full season. So, yeah, that is my MVP pick: Stanton and Acuna. What do you think, okay. Dan? Well, I think the Stanton one's crazy, but the Acuna one <clears throat> is a really solid pick. Obviously, the guy's skilled, uh, one of the best players in baseball. I got no argument with that one. Um, <clears throat> I guess I'll stay in the NL, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go with a little bit of a dark horse here, and uh, I'm gonna go with Juan Soto. I'm a big fan. <sighs> I, I, listen, I know you don't you don't like him. He's a rival. I get it, but he's the best the hitter in the game. I'll give it to him. The guy. I was just gonna say the guy's got a bat. <laughs> I mean, he's gonna hit in three hundreds. You know, he hit what he hit last year was three fifty. I mean, the guy's phenomenal on a, he's on a team that's really not that good. It's kind of fallen off, you know, obviously, because they've, they've lost, you know, a lot of talent, a lot of big names, especially since they won the World Series. I mean, they fell off big time last year. But then again, last year was a, a sloppy, you know, season. So hopefully things can pick back up with the Nationals. And I, I mean, I love the guy's bat. He can, he can hit anybody. So he's going to be my MVP in the NL. And, I mean, you can't really go wrong with Mike Trout. I know it's boring. I, I know it's, it's cliche at this point. But the guy, again, he's, he's, he's the best player in baseball. He's going to put up his numbers um, if he stay healthy, obviously. I think the Angels, they just got to find pitching. And they, they can get him, you know, they can get him in the postseason. Because that's what I want to see. I want to see Trout. You know, that's how in baseball, that's what, what you you make your career in the postseason. So made Jeter, you know, that's what helped solidify A-Rod when he finally got over the hump. You know what I mean? I know those are Yankees. I get it. But that's you make your name in postseason play. And that's one of the things we've been robbed of to see Mike Trout's greatness. You know, we don't get to watch it in, on postseason stages. So hopefully this year they can, you know, they can come across and make the playoffs. You know, if not, I'm sure watching his games, he's going to be an MVP candidate, and I think he's going to win it all. So, yeah, yeah that's my pick. Because three of them wasn't enough already for the guy. Yeah, but. he's yeah. the best player in baseball, and he's he's, he's gifted. He's, he does it all. Fielding, I mean, he can do it. He can play all three positions in the outfield. The guy's just great. I mean, and he's he's a great hitter too. So, no, I agree. <clears throat> he's the man. Uh, it's a good point about them only being in the postseason one time and they got swept, but the angels are making a little bit of moves to pitching, but we'll get to that in another episode. But hopefully, like you said, we can at least get one playoff series out of them this year. Hopefully the angels make some moves and get what they need to done to get trout there. Maybe we'll see him get to the second round. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Uh, speaking of baseball, we obviously, Big debate's been around all the rules that they came up with last year, and we're going to see some of them carry over. The uh, doubleheader, seven-inning doubleheaders are going to continue, which is a good thing for pitchers and position players. So more than likely we'll see the Stars play both games of doubleheaders more often when yeah. since there's seven innings instead of nine. Uh, the other big rule they decided to keep was – when a game goes on extra innings, a runner will start at second base. So we don't get these 18 inning six hour marathon games. Cause oh my God, yeah. you know, everybody Especially loves one, one games. <laughs> <laughs> Cause you know, everybody loves to watch those, even the baseball purists. Um, 
But the one that didn't get to carry over, and that's probably the most hotly debated one, and that's the DH, the universal DH rule. Uh, just a little background, of course, everybody. The American League's had a DH the whole time. The NL has never had the DH, but last year the two leagues were able to agree upon it for both leagues. But at the moment, it's only going to be in the AL again. NL decided no way we're not doing it. Um, I know, Danny, you have some numbers maybe you want to talk about for the DH and the effect it has on a, on baseball. Yeah. Um, I just, when you, when you look at it with the DH position, I, I think it should be universal. I mean, at the end of the day, when you break down these numbers in the national league, you're having pitchers and I didn't go by last year's numbers just because of the whole COVID shortened season and all of this. So I went, I went back a couple of years ago and you look at some of the pitchers that, that stepped up to the plate and their batting averages for the season and Madison Bumgarner batted 184. He, and then you had Noah Syndergaard, 176. I mean, Chatwood, Tyler Chatwood, 210. You have a lot of these, these big-name pitchers, and they really just go through the motion. And it's just such a wasted it's, – it's wasted time. I mean, there's no reason why the National League should have uh, a, position, uh, a, play, a position player that can step up into the box and legit give, you know, Syndergaard or somebody – um, a challenge at the plate, you know, don't not giving them an easy K, you know, or there's, there's no reason that you can't have somebody like Stanton, you know, hit for your pitcher. It doesn't make any sense for us to sit here and watch Noah Syndergaard or Madison Bumgarner bat, you know, three times throughout their outing in the national when you can have a professional hitter up there and make these other pitchers work. Uh, I mean, I, I think, there should be one set of rules. You don't have it in football, the NFC and AFC, they separate rules. I think baseball needs to come to grips and adapt with time, make change. Change is fine. You don't have to change every little thing, but for me to sit here and watch, you know, a nine inning game and watch a batter that's hitting 172, I mean, I have no interest. I'm going to go get up and grab a beer, <laughs> you know, make a sandwich. Cause it's a, it's a guaranteed out all the time, you know? Yeah. Pretty, just just about every every time they come up to bat, it's it's a guaranteed out, and it's just a waste of time. And you're padding some stats. I mean, I know it doesn't not, doesn't make that big of a difference for the opposing pitcher's stats, but still, it doesn't. We don't need to 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 watch that because it's embarrassing if you actually watch the way some of these pitchers take hacks <laughs> at the ball. It's like a, you know a second late. The ball's already <laughs> in the umpire's hand, and the bat's still going forward through the strike zone. So. I don't see why we shouldn't have the best players playing every day. That's why that's how I feel about it. And I'm sure there's a lot of other people and it'll get some of the younger fans attention too. Oh yeah. Home run what do, what do you think fans. about it? I, you know, being more of a national league person in my life, I was not really a huge fan of the universal DH, but after watching last season, I, I kind of, I liked it. I, I'm kind of cool with it coming into the National League for good. Yeah, I mean, there's no guaranteed outs, you know? Oh, yeah, and everybody wants to see offense. So there's very few pitchers now that can are, are legitimate hitters off the top of my head. I can only think of are Bumgarner and Granky, but Granky's in the American <laughs> League anyways, so that doesn't even yeah. matter. But, yeah, I, I can agree to that, uh, that – you know, pitchers probably don't need to hit anymore. I understand the baseball purists, their side saying, you know, it requires more strategy from the managers when it comes to pinch hitters and bait and pinch runners and things like that. But like, it, I just know baseball fans or people who are trying to get a baseball when they're watching an exciting game and a team is down, you know, a couple runs and it's the sixth inning and their pit starter pit, starting pitcher is still in. And, you know, they have a rally going, you know, like bases loaded with one out or two outs and, Oh, here's the pitcher up and then the rally's over without even thinking about it, unfortunately. And I could see where that could drive new era baseball fans crazy. Like what, why is it like this in one league and not in the other? So I, I understand both sides of the arguments. I probably have to side with the DH needs to be universal, but 
It doesn't look like it's going to happen this year. Hopefully yeah. they figure it out and make an official decision because I don't think there's been an official decision when it comes to that yet. So, yeah, Bartolo we'll Colon isn't going to walk through that door. So, hey, he he got his <laughs> one. Okay, he got those. He had a couple. Didn't he? No, he just had the one in San Diego, and I feel like I see it every day, but because <laughs> everybody wants to remember that bomb. But we'll see. You know. It's going to be an exciting year. Like I said, next episode we'll start to talk about baseball a little more, even though that that segment kind of got a little bit long with baseball. But we'll start to do team previews, you know, check out some of the moves that happen in free agents and trades in the offseason, things like that. But with that being said, it was, that was a great episode number two. I would like yeah. to leave everybody with a thought, you know, as we go and call it a night on this episode and I'll put it up on social media on our pages, you know, get a status up there, you know, start cranking out some answers from you guys, get some feedback. But I want to know what for my listeners, our listeners out there, what is your goals for the next five years? What, what do you got in mind for your future? Like, are you going to school? Are you planning on starting a business? You feel like you're just, you're perfect with where you're at right now. You know, let me know or, let us know on the page uh, if you got a side hustle, you're doing something, you know, you're trying to promote it on social media, put it on the status and we'll promote it. We'll push it on our page and we'll get the word out for you guys and we'll go from there. I appreciate you, you guys for listening to us ramble on about sports on a Friday <laughs> night. I appreciate you, Danny, for coming on again and helping us out. Hey, man, I enjoyed it. It's, it's yes. been a great hour. It has been. And with that being said, we will sign off. Hopefully you guys have a good Valentine's Day weekend, and we'll hear from you next time. Have a good night. Take care. Stay safe.